This episode is brought to you by Bullet Wealth. It's a new YouTube channel. It's got a lot of interesting facts about like financial advice. It's hosted by Scott Merrick. He's the owner of Maya Wealth, a wealth management company. And so he has the experience and the know-how. It's very entertaining. You can get a nice little financial segmented education if you go to Bullet Wealth on YouTube. Check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. It is the underwear with the dual pouch system. One pouch for one part of the male anatomy, another for the other part of the male anatomy. Not only is the underwear the most comfortable underwear you'll ever wear, but it also has the most stylish designs and patterns. The fabrics actually have a cooling effect when you put them on for the very first time. Your body will thank you because it's one of the hottest parts of your body. So cooling it down with these special fabrics that Sheath provides is a nice experience. The proof is in the pudding. We have a 100% money back guarantee on the very first pair. If you don't like it, we'll send you your money back. Go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RPG and save 20%. We appreciate your support. Back to the show. Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheath. A Time Wheel Production. Yeah, yeah, he would, he, he talks about how he just wakes up in the morning, first thing he does is do a cold plunge, and it, it would be nice to have that readily available, and now they do have those tubs or whatever where you can kind of keep keep it temperature yeah they're controlled. like seven seven grand for one of those cold plunge tubs i checked like for the the high-end ones it's yeah prices yeah that people will pay but i guess they cater to like that like high tier athlete who kind of has the money to spend on something like that yeah but you could just buy an ice maker for like 500 bucks probably yeah. or just use your own home ice maker i try to do that though it's a little bit of a pain and we're live. We're here with Luke Adams. He is the, he's a, I call you a filmmaker. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I would say filmmaker, adventure filmmaker would probably be the word for it. Yeah. Um, slash marketer. But yeah, that basically covers what I do. Yeah. And you have a firm that you market your services to different companies, which is how we uh, became acquainted with, we have a very, famous video commercial where a dude is jumping out of a helicopter in sheath that was put together by this man right here. Very cool stuff. Um, but so we're both into these type of like um, biohacks and like cold plunging and meditate. Do you meditate? Yeah, I do. I, I just started recently. Like it takes me a while to get into, but once I start, it definitely, definitely helps a lot so huge for stress and like just uh recalibrating everything i run a multinational you know international operation and then we have and you have your regular life and your friends and etc it can get overwhelming sometimes and it's the meditation if you especially if you don't sleep great it's yeah. been powerful how is your sleep well, uh, it's it's good when I'm doing the uh, the cold plunge and the meditation yeah. stuff, but I notice the second I stop that, like it starts getting bad again. Where like I'll get I'll get some anxiety before I go to sleep, or I'm just like thinking about too many different ideas at once, and sometimes it's hard to shut off the brain, um, especially with like creative entrepreneurship. Like you just have so many ideas firing off. Yeah, time that like finding that ability to just like sit down, meditate with your thoughts and zone out. I think it's just so helpful for, um, for being able to keep doing creative entrepreneurship for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Lynch, David Lynch, he made, he made the show twin peaks. He 
kind of sold me on this transcendental meditation. He's a filmmaker. Maybe maybe you've heard of him, David Lynch. Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he made Twin Peaks, which was a show prior to you being born, probably. And I never really watched it, but it was a, a, a kind of a hit show on TV. And he, he's just a kind of far out there dude, but he really sold me on on the, this meditation, the transcendental meditation, and just it revitalizes you. It kind of gives you just a centering. And then like, I get energy. Yeah. I just said that like energized and, um, but you, you can't really meditate right before bed because it might, it might wind you up a little bit, but I do like this little two minute calm down, like, um, meditate so i'll basically do the meditation but i only do it for like two minutes right before bed now just and it really just like slows everything down get in bed but you got like two minutes 60 seconds because if you do it too long like i said it might have the reverse effect and wake yeah. you up so that's my tip for today you're very young i'm like i could be your dad i think yeah I'd, 28 25 so i'm 25 okay well it'd be i'd be a young dad very young dad but like 19 because my daughter's 21 and oh really wow yeah so it's pretty close <laughs> but you've done some like i feel like i'm very impressed with you you guys all do you have well you've done a lot of really cool things so far you just got back from greenland yeah yeah, little... that was, uh, yeah that was a really cool project that we just did it was actually it was a mental health inspired short film that we brought you guys on um sheath underwear so what it was was swimming underneath an iceberg wearing only a pair of sheath underwear uh, in 28 degree water, which was definitely colder than any of the cold plunges that I had been using and practicing in. Uh, but the idea behind it was really symbolizing facing visible battles that we all hide below the surface. So uh -huh. a lot of these like in battles that we don't talk about, especially men, for example, too, it's been taboo <clears throat> to speak about our own mental health um and i was doing some research on the topic too and i learned that almost 50 percent of men don't share any of their mental health with anyone else in their life and that includes therapists family members uh and stuff like that and i definitely like resonated with that statistic so i wanted to do something to bring that topic to the surface and get more people talking about it and just kind of came up with this idea, had a dream of being underneath an iceberg and what that symbolized. Had no clue how to do it. Um, barely knew how to swim when I started, believe it or not. Wow. So I was, it was it was a big challenge figuring out how to make it possible, but ended up meeting the right people, hired a coach who's like the best free diver. And for those of you who don't know, free diving is basically scuba diving, but you don't have the oxygen tank. So you're... <laughs> You're doing a breathe up and then you're holding your breath uh, and then swimming down, equalizing the pressure as you go deeper. Wow. Uh, and you're going up to like, my coach can go up to like 300 feet under on one breath. Uh, in Greenland, we were doing about 70 feet or, or so. So it wasn't crazy deep, but it was That's like seven, like how many pools is that? Like seven pools or maybe like six pools deep. Yeah, you know, like the deep end of the pool. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, your ears start getting all like pressurized, but continue. Sorry. Oh no, yeah. So you your ears will pressurize um, if you don't equalize, uh, and even at like fifteen feet, you'll your eardrums will rupture if you don't properly equalize. But if you're doing it correctly, you shouldn't feel any pressure at all. It should feel pretty calm. So the trick you would do is essentially you'd plug your nose like that. And you would use your tongue, kind of flick it to the front of your mouth, and that would trigger your ears to open. Really? Uh, pressing, like, the air mm -hmm. air pocket in your mouth and moving it into the ears. Um, wow. So that's, like, the that was probably the hardest thing to learn is how to deal with that pressure and how to consistently equalize. And it's it's something that's tough to do in warm water, but when you're in cold <laughs> water, it's just, like, a whole other thing So you're, like, have so many other things to think about while you're trying to equalize. That is fucking bananas. Cause yeah, 28 degrees, that's below freezing people. It's four degrees. And like the fact that it's not like frozen over, I guess has something to do with 
the motion or the salt? What? Yeah, so it's uh, the salt content of the water. Um, <clears throat> and you'll see too, once we release a full video, the first six feet, you get this like crystallization effect in the video, which it looks like we put a filter on purposely. It looks really good. Wow. But what that is, is it's the fresh water from the iceberg melting. And that water is about 33 degrees Fahrenheit. And then it mixes with the much colder salt water. So as we swim through it and displace it, it turns into a temporary solid state. So it's like essentially freezing around us and like forming these little ice crystals. Whoa. That is so trippy. Um, yeah, because we haven't really talked about it. We know we planned it together in May-ish. Yep. And then it was like off to the races and you took like a team of pretty significant film or filmers and tell me about them briefly yeah so started with uh luca malaguti he's canada's best freediver uh and i told him about the project probably in january yeah i think january of this yeah. year yeah uh, and he's true. Like, this is going to be pretty close to impossible but if you put mm -hmm. it in like it'll be It'll be worth it. So he, he told me to fly out to Dominica, which is in the Caribbean. Uh, completely different environment than Greenland, but he spent about a month there teaching me how to freedive. Um, so we learned how to do breath holds and essentially hold my breath for three minutes and water temperatures that were much warmer there. But it got me the foundations of what I would need when we went out to Greenland. Um, then he basically followed up with me over the next five months and gave me like training exercises to do at home. Uh, and then we, we also had Dan Verohiven and he's like essentially the world's best underwater photographer and videographers. Uh, he just felt a personal like connection to the project and wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Super stoked to have him probably one of the most talented people I've worked with in my life. Um, I, I made him suffer through hypothermia a little bit to get some of the shots. Uh, even in the wetsuit, like he was, he was definitely shivering because um, we were doing some longer takes. And wow. yeah, he, he didn't didn't complain at all. He just stayed. He he essentially would swim down before me, get to the position 50, 60 feet underwater, and wait for me to come down. Uh, and he was on breath hold too, so no scuba tank. Oh, no scuba tank. I was just going to ask that. Wow. And how many takes did you do? So we did uh, probably over the course of a week, we probably did like 16 takes, I want to say, because we wanted to get different angles uh, and different wow. shots to all piece the story together. And occasionally I would get a take wrong. So I wouldn't even like come up early. I would still do the long dive but I would like turn the wrong direction so it wouldn't match the shot before it. And then they'd basically be like, oh, we got to repeat that shot. Like, wow. Right now, get back on the boat. Dude, that's, you're like fucking Wim Hof and shit because doing that, like that's what, that's the kind of shit he would do swimming under frozen like uh, ice sheets. And then like you're swimming under a whole glacier right yeah yeah and we what we were worried about too because we heard him talking about his experience swimming under the ice and he kept yeah the eye the retina freezing uh -huh. we all thought that was going to be a huge possibility because i was going with no mask essentially with my eyes wide open oh my god and somehow like it just didn't happen like my i could see perfectly clear when i was underwater even without the mask and there was no real pain in the eye area. Like I was definitely cold, but it didn't feel like my eyes were freezing at all. That's so weird. Joe Rogan talks about how like your eyes can stay warm in freezing temperatures and how they don't like, it's a glass, like yep. there's moisture, but it doesn't freeze over, which is a very, uh, kind of powerful attribute of humans to, our eyes it's because our brain i guess is right there and it's keeping everything warm and you know from freezing over that's insane um well so we want to break the stigma i think is kind of like where you're going with this video because uh, yeah like 50 percent of men don't talk about their feelings i'm not one of them i am on the other 50 percent i will i've been to therapy for years i actually got like released from my therapist who's like you're good but I'm actually going to go back to an, 
another one in a this lady Jane Calm. Shout out to Jane Calm. She's gonna, it's, but she's like booked out months in advance. <clears throat> so I, I, my my appointment's at like the end of September. But um, well, sometimes it's good to talk to someone else about like your whatever feelings and stuff because then your family sometimes they don't get it they don't understand anyways you know you might tell them and maybe and you should but a, a, a therapist who's like not kind of related or um has no interest in in your life other than what you're telling them can give you an impartial i think that was kind of like an impartial point of view and i don't know like what this Still, it stood out to me like huge in our brief conversation that we had. We we had to like a little pre-session interview this month, and she and something that she said. I understand where you're coming from, and everything's going to be okay. I fucking started crying. I was like, "That's what I. That's all I really wanted to hear. I don't know why. Like that. I'm not crazy. I have my feelings are like valid or whatever." And but also everything's gonna be fine, you know. And then I was like, I don't even need a session now. <laughs> I know just that just that one line, and I feel like just the validation of like one thing you're feeling can go such a long way. And most people, I feel like, don't get that if they're not talking about their feelings or asking for help. Uh, so they never really get that moment of clarity and validation. Yeah. Um, we damn it i had some let me see well yeah okay so they don't, they don't fucking like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders like atlas and but it's like you're fucking like this business owning white man you know like get cry me a river you fucking little bitch and i'm like you don't understand we still have problems. And that, yeah, that's the thing with like entrepreneurship in the early stages too, is you don't really have coworkers to share what you're going through. And even if you have employees, like let's say you have a team, a small team of like four or five people, it's like you're in charge of them. You're supposed to be their leader. You don't have the, the same level of, um, level of like connection or with a coworker where you can really share what you're going through and what you're struggling with. Yeah. Something that I think like definitely needs to be solved for entrepreneurs and freelancers that work alone. Maybe they work from home and they don't have that opportunity to talk with coworkers as much as they would in a traditional nine to five job. Shout out to Into the Dark Blue, Zach, Jewel. He's do he's doing these these uh, meetups at bars around the United States where pe- guys can come, and it's kind of supposed to be like this open forum for expressing your feelings to an- to another man over a beer, which is a little bit easier with the I feel like with the beer yeah. kind of loosen you up a little bit and then you start crying next thing you know you're spilling your guts and but then that's all we really need to do to like you're going underwater this is a metaphor decompressing with your nose and all that and that's what talking about your problems can do and and all that pressure can just release from your eardrums yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's why we like you talking about like holding the weight of the world up on your shoulders. That's kind of the image where I'm completely underneath the iceberg and I'm holding it up like that. Wow. Um, and it's like, so we were actually able to, the iceberg's like 50, 60 feet tall that we used in that shot. And we're moving it by just like, pushing it like that. It's sl- subtly moving because these things are super fragile. So you don't need a lot of force to like, get it to start to spin and move but like it was kind of scary because like i felt this object on top of oh, me that deep underwater and it starts like rolling a little bit and it was just insane but for you could have died yeah That's we, had, we had a really great safety crew though oh, okay like, okay good. basically right behind the camera so if i were to like black out um which wasn't a huge possibility he would be able to come in and grab me on swimming back up to the surface well because you're not doing like 
Wim Hof breathing techniques while you're down there, obviously, because you're not breathing at all, but like, or even before I know, I know this is kind of a dark, whatever, but this dude was doing um, the breathing techniques in his bathtub. And I've done that a hundred times. And uh, he like passed out and fucking drowned. It's kind of dark. So be careful. Yeah, yeah, be careful with the the Wim Hof technique because what it does is it makes you not, or it lowers the CO2 levels in your blood. Um, But you, so essentially CO2 is the urge to breathe. So you have less of that, but you have less oxygen and you don't feel the oxygen dissipating because you don't have that urge to breathe with the CO2. Uh, so that's what causes you to push a little bit harder and go into that blackout territory. It's why if you've ever done the Wim Hof breathing, you could hold your breath for three, four minutes. But with a regular like breathe up, you'd probably only be in the one minute mark. Um, but we did do kind of a modified Wim Hof breathing just because we needed it. We needed it to deal with the cold. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we did a modified version of it. So it wasn't full hyperventilating. It was just shorter breaths. Uh, and it wasn't like the full Wim Hof breathing. Well, cause uh, so if anybody is unfamiliar with the Wim Hof, you take these giant kind of gasping breaths, exhale halfway, maybe full inhale, exhale halfway, do 20, 30 breaths. And then you exhale and hold for, and that's where you're holding your breath which is harder to hold your breath on an exhale than on an inhale, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> but then, so you're exhaling, you hold, you hold for as long as you can. I'm up at 8,500 feet elevation, so I can only do like a minute-ish, which is when I'm at sea level, it's so much, I mean, I can double it like immediately. Wow. Yeah, um, at least. And then so, but... Anyway, so the minute exhale, maybe it's three minutes if you're sea level, but then you do this inhale, hold, and squeeze. And that's when I'll get like almost, I call it like a DMT trip or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you've had that. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels almost like a psychedelic. Experience. Yeah. That, that's how it felt in Greenland, too, on every one of the dives, just because you had that visual, too, of like what you were seeing what you were feeling it was like the most out of body experience without doing this that's fucking badass ballsy hardcore and that's what we love that's what kind of why we love working with you and people of that mind state caliber ambition badass motherfuckers like cowboy Cerrone. we got brandon marino just regained his championship belt with the UFC, it's an interim belt, but he's the champion. And uh, he's going to be fighting Figueredo for the fourth time, the first, like, uh, fourth fight of any, uh, you know, two fighters. That is the first time it'll be, like, a fourth fight. And people want I want to see it anyways. People, they've been, like, razor thin each time. Do you, are you familiar with them at all? A little bit, not not too much, but a bunch of my friends watch it all the time. So. Yeah, you're busy. You're, you're entrepreneuring, which at your age, you're yeah, you just said 25 to be doing as like these big, ambitious go like uh, whatever movies and films. It's very impressive. I'll just Thank keep you, yeah. reminding you. Yeah. Yeah, because you keep on that trajectory, you know, and like when you're 35 or whatever, you'll be just way ahead of like the class and uh, all your peers. And, you know, we, she, I realized this yesterday because I've been watching this Tony Robbins thing, which is kind of where you guys came in. You guys watching, we were talking about Tony Robbins right before because there's this free seminar he's been doing on YouTube, which it's kind of mimics his when you go in person and they're all clapping and jumping and getting all j- j- like jazzed up. Um, and then we started talking about the f- cold plunge, but I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going with that, Luke? Uh, I, I think you were talking about the um, just like 
entrepreneurship in general and the habits that oh right 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 okay so well 10x like then my mind is crazy i don't know but anyway so that was thinking about grant cardone because somebody in grant cardone talks about the 10x rule anybody yep, yeah i've heard, heard yeah. a lot about that yeah I mean, if you can 1x or 2x, can you 10x? Yes, you can. And and then I started doing some calcs, calculations, and we at Sheath have 10x'd twice Real, in, wow. our, in our, um, you know, since, well, the first year, essentially. So from year one to year, like, four, we 10x'd, and then in year four to now, we've 10x'd. And so... Every four years, it seems like we 10x. And if we do that again, yeah. two more times, get out of here. I'm going to buy a fucking spaceship to the moon, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just saying like that whole, um, like Grant Cardone's kind of a polarizing face in the business world, I feel like. But mm -hmm. that idea of like picking an audacious goal that's like, seemingly impossible i always think it takes 20 percent more work to do something like that than to take the average goal so it's only 20 percent a short film this year and i'm like i could just do like a regular mental health inspired short film that's not like too crazy or i could just come up with this ridiculous idea that i have no clue how to get done put in 20 percent more work and get it done and the result is usually way more worth uh, more worth it than the extra 20%, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. You put in 20% more work and then you get like 10 times the results or something. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people will like not realize that it's only that much extra work. They think it's like 10x the work. Well, usually not. It's just going an extra step or two. <clears throat> Thank you for bringing me back from the brink there. I've, I've lost my train of thought like on a podcast i hate when the, and when you can't get it back you're like all right i guess we're just gonna change subjects completely because i don't know what i was talking about and i i was talking to this dude about i was on his podcast and, and we were talking about all the success stuff and just like the fighter mentality of you got to put in all your eggs into that basket and like that's what i like i like about fighters and entrepreneurs is just that dedication to yeah. winning or success it's very similar if if all of us put the type of dedication towards our goals that fighters put towards fighting even if you're not even the best fighter you might even be like not even in the ufc but that hard work and dedication maybe you're just not physically kind of gifted like some of these guys but that hard work and dedication then when you maybe don't make it to be the champion, you can transfer that work ethic into whatever goals you have. And I'm like living proof of that just in sports in general. And then you can touch on maybe if you have any experiences with that, but like I wanted to be in the NBA. I played basketball every day, all day from nine to 16, 17 when it kind of started occurring to me that I was a slow, white, short, non-jumping athlete, <clears throat> I could not keep up with the guys that were just more physically gifted. And so, but all that hard work, then when I, any other job I did, I, it was just natural. Like I'm busting my ass and I'm going to kill it because yeah. that's what I've always done. And, and in business, I like the field was leveled a little bit more. You don't have to be tall and be able to dunk. <laughs> what about, have, did you have any kind of childhood sports or? So I was, I've always been into like extreme sports. So all through high school, I got really into parkour. Oh, um, nice. When I was like, I got sponsored by like the world parkour free running federation. I was like really big into it. Um, and then after that, I'm trying to think of what sport I got into next. I did Ninja Warrior a while back. Really? Yeah, yeah. So there was like a college edition they ran. So uh, UConn, we competed as a team. We had three people go, and they flew us out to LA, put us up in these nice hotels. It was a really cool experience. That sounds fun, just doing the course. Yeah, yeah. It was it was awesome. Uh, it was a really cool experience, and 
it was like a race. So it was a little bit different than when you just have to finish the course on your own. Like they had two courses right next to each other. Uh, we went up against MIT, I think, for that. And smoked them. Not, no, they, they smoked us. They were what? like, yeah, it was, uh, well, it was, it was pretty close, but like, we just didn't expect it. Like going out of the gate that they yeah, you think they're a bunch of nerds. Yeah. <laughs> they need to say that on the show too. The producers like, Oh, like you gotta, or we're going to beat those nerds or something like that. Just That's like 40 lines they fed us. Right. Um, yeah. It was surprising that, that, that worked out. And then after that I got into, um, I've always been into like skiing and stuff like that and got into skydiving at UConn probably my sophomore year. Jesus. Uh, and then after that, um, got into freediving. So just kind of like, I like having a range of different sports like that to try because it really, you just like kind of go into the flow state. Um, all really? of the sports like kind of unlock that flow state and then it helps me be better in my business too. If I unlock the flow state on like a physical level, uh, it helps on the creative side too. Hundred percent, yeah, dude. You're this is you're like so on point with all of your philosophies and uh, I mean just understanding of the flow. This mentioning the flow state, like I feel like most people they just don't think about it or whatever. You know, you're going through life, you're paying the bills, got shit yeah. to do, and but if you can get into that flow state it's so powerful yeah. and like time slows down and I, how do I get into that right now? Uh, it's bit like I, when I, I feel like when I play chess, sometimes it just, you're not thinking of anything else. Ideally. I mean, so, but that's kind of what the flow state is, is like everything else is like black or whatever. And you're just focused on that one thing. People say like rock climbing sometimes because your yeah. life oh, ha yeah. might have to be in danger. Um, basketball was my way to do it. Maybe a little bit of jujitsu. When I can practice, it's hard to get people to come up here because I live kind of in a secluded area. But um, which part of Colorado are you in again? It's Wood Woodland Park, oh. Colorado. My friend. They just moved to um she's going to colorado state now so she's in like the town that's like associated with that i don't know exactly where that is, state. there's a couple well, i think csu i don't know if that's colorado state university that there's like one in denver there's one in oh, yeah yeah there's a few schools there yeah <clears throat> um yeah woodland park we just opened a store here you guys are ever driving through and we're like one of the drive-through cities to get to aspen and oh, breckenridge really? yeah so we uh thirty thousand cars drive through there's we're we're off the main road thankfully obviously because i would hate to be on there it's like quiet and birds are chirping and stuff but five minutes down the road there's this main highway or whatever byway to get to the major ski resort towns and we so we opened a, a sheath store it's main it's mainly a warehouse we mainly ship all of our online orders which were sold in over 100 countries you can go there and check it out if you haven't visited sheathunderwear.com you should do that and uh uh, this is non-segue and not even related to you, but this was an interesting thing that happened yesterday. Uh, we're super into the UFC. I am. And so we sponsor all these fighters, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a company called Howlerhead. It's a... Uh, they make whiskey. And they're all over the mat on the UFC. Like, not all over, but like they're one of the mat placeholders on the ufc and dana white is part owner he's the president of the ufc and we sponsor a lot of the fighters in the lower division like fury and lfa and colorado combat club these smaller organizations but and anyways i could go a long way but so do they and now they want to do we 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 sponsor the ring girls so the ring girls walk around and she oh, yeah yeah i've seen, seen all the uh the videos on that but they wanted that, and, the, really? and my team, my age, the agency, and we have like a, we locked in a deal with them, and so obviously we have a deal to do that. But they want that, so now they want to. They're like, well, can we collaborate with them? And so we're gonna collaborate, most likely with this huge 
to me, it's a huge company. I don't know how huge it is. <clears throat> Howlerhead whiskey. Um, and so we're going to maybe do like a collab with them, which it's kind of like what you, what we've in a way, what we're doing with this pair that we're releasing the iceberg iceberg oh, yeah. pair, um, that you went under the iceberg with and which, you know, you're going to be putting out to all these media sources that I know we already, you already got some response cause you sent me those pictures where it was kind of featured on Fox, like a little teaser. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We we haven't like even started going too hard with it yet, but it seems like a lot of people are like picking up the story and really like loving it so far. So Ad Week should be putting out a story hopefully either today or next week, next Friday, um, which will be a good one. Yeah, this is such a. I mean, I'm fascinated with it. Anytime we put out like ice plungy kind of content, the numbers are up. People like ice shit is in like cold plunging and ice therapy whatever is yeah. is is hot right now and so i I'm, I'm loving i really want this to go like super viral yeah that's me, me too <laughs> it um, should yeah yeah that's what we're uh we're banking on right now for sure well at least uh at least we were able to get the uh get the pair of underwear because we almost Almost didn't have that uh, the one that, pair, the one sample pair to shoot with. Uh, and that would have been horrible. I would have. You oh. told when you called me and told me that, or texted me. I was like, I didn't even get the full story, but you forgot the pair in Iceland. Well, so we had a luggage mix-up at the airport. So normally, I would have put this in um, in like the not the carry-on, but the check bag, and I had it in the check bag, and then I moved it into the carry-on. Um, and basically my carry on was a little bit too big. Mm -hmm. So last minute they said that I had to check it Yep. and didn't make it on our flight. So, oh my God. Uh, it was just like, I was freaking out because I was like, when's the next flight Wednesday? Uh, and we had already had luggage problems with Iceland air. Uh, so one of our guys, uh, our aerial like drone director of photography, none of his stuff made it. He had oh a God. backpack on him when he flew to Iceland and he never got his stuff for the whole trip. So it's good that we like, essentially we had someone that stayed in Iceland that flew out with the luggage with my luggage anyway. Uh, and if we didn't do that, we would not have had the pair of underwear. To shoot with. Yeah. Then you would have fucking had to been, I don't even know what you would have worn. You didn't buy some, I don't know. what's that? Some CGI. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. A lot of, had... of sheath, um, but we just didn't have that one pair, so that would have been. That's true, man. That would have been that would have kind of sucked for the you know the outcome, which oh, yeah. you you acted fast. I guess you like coincidentally had someone still in Iceland that flew the pair to you. Yeah, so my coach's girlfriend, uh, she wanted to come to Greenland, but like just couldn't work it out. Um, so she was just staying in Iceland, uh, basically planning on staying until we got back from Greenland. And then we just called her like as we were boarding the plane and we're like, hey, do you want to come to Greenland? Uh, and then she just flew out like it was three days late later because there wasn't like another flight for three days. So our shoot time got cut in half. Oh, wow. Um, but like anxiety levels, those first few days were like through the roof. Uh, I Which because I was like embodying the character that I was playing in the short film, um, and it was like not only like just the pair of underwear, but it was also the water was so much colder than we anticipated. And the first day we got there, um, we were a little bit sleep deprived. We all jumped in the water at like I think it was midnight. Like the wow, we got there. We're like, let's take the boat out. Uh, it's midnight. The sun's still out because it's above uh. the circle. And we jump in the water and the air temps like below freezing too. And I'm just like, this project will not happen. Like there's oh, no way no. we can do this. Uh, my, I can't even like hold my breath for like 10 seconds that first night. And I'm, cause it was just so cold and I'm like, I'm not used to this. It feels like our like blood is freezing from the inside out. Oh my God. And it was just rough. It was like, I had to like really sit down the next day and just like think through why I was doing the project and, um, and try and push through. And my coach actually helped a lot with that too. Cause he, I didn't like tell him the anxiety I was facing, but he kind of realized and like 
took me through a guided meditation on some breathing exercises and helped me visualize what I was about to do. So I love when someone recognizes you are like not quite right. And they're like, instead of you having to tell them they know, and then like they already know. And so we don't have to go through that whole thing. Let's just start fixing it. And I love and I feel like I read people's body language pretty like, and I pretty well, like I can, especially people I know well, I'm like, okay, you're what's wrong. You know, what's wrong. What's what's up. You're not acting normal. Talk to me. And I, I really wish sometimes, because I'm like an open book, and it, if <clears throat> I can put it on here, like if I'm having a bad day or whatever, I can I can like turn it off. Thankfully, I used to not be able to do that. It would just drag into everything. But like at my home, you know, if I'm like feeling butthurt or whatever, you know, it's like my feelings got hurt or something. It's just fucking, will you please just like ask me? And then we can move on instead of me like having to complain. I don't want to complain. Yeah. But you know, like we have these interactions with people and something maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, triggered like maybe it's like triggers. That's such a like a lefty, snowflakey kind of thing. I'm triggered, but fuck, I get triggered. I get yeah. triggered. And, uh, it sucks and because then you have to uh, like go through that process of like dealing with whatever fucking stress that the trigger caused but it's usually manageable but and it's i don't know uh, people get triggered do you get triggered yeah yeah occasionally like um just like yeah ra- random things will uh, mm-hmm. will kind of like set me off and make me more upset than i should get um Typically, like if like project details don't line up, or if there's like some like curveball that gets thrown into a project last minute, I get it. Mine's usually personal conflict that I hate fighting, you know. And it might be with like my brother or my wife or daughter. It's like everything else I don't really care about. Like, I mean, I lost 50 grand on the fucking Bitcoin last month and it didn't phase me as much as if, you know, my wife doesn't say I love you back or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. That's what are you definitely, definitely focusing on what's important. And I'm like, I'm curious too on your side, like how you keep that separation from your business life and your personal life when I'm sure the two are pretty like intermingled. Yeah, they're they're the same thing. Um, yeah, same there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's my my emotions are tied to how well the business is doing. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better about it though, because you know now we're like ten years in. If and I have methods for stimulating sales. For instance, so like if we're having a low sales day, we have an email. We have. Uh, we could just throw a sale on the site. We can do a text now. Um, we can do a social media, like blah, blah, blah. We have a lot of methods for doing, for like getting, hitting the numbers we need to hit. So, and I'm just, you know, okay, like 10 years in. Yeah. The sleepless nights worrying about the shipment that's supposed to be arriving that hasn't and you're out of inventory and like, how the fuck are we going to make money? We're it's right there the you know the the inventory is like on a truck but we need it here and i've just learned how to deal with a lot of those things over the years through the experience but when it comes down to it like when i'm like really stressed or whatever i just i now i know how to meditate and i got i went and trained with uh this dude jim john dewey he learned from like the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi who taught the Beatles and a bunch of other people. And it's the transcendental meditation. And it just really allows me to zone, like zone out kind of like, it's just, you go to a zero point place, no thought. And I, that helps because when, when, when you're overthinking, obviously it's usually all thought, everything is thought anyways. You know, all the stress is all in your head. 
what do you what do you do uh so yeah I, i'm like pretty pretty like intermingled with my business like it's basically just my life at this point um which is good most of the time because it's like really fun work what we get to do and like most of the projects we do are super fun Mm -hmm. Um, what i have noticed is like half of my friends are business owners like me so they have that same um same lifestyle and same mindset but then my other friends i kind of wish i had like their mindset with the whole nine to five where they could just work and then shut up shut off completely afterward yeah um, and like fully relax and like enjoy the weekends without any work coming in so it's always hard to like see that and like kind of want that but also realize like the benefit to the business and integrating that lifestyle fully because if we treated a business like a nine to five and just like didn't about it at all when we weren't working on it i think that's where like issues would start to present itself yeah people sometimes say like you know turn it off or whatever don't like but if i do that then and and i don't pay attention to this these sales or Maybe, you know, fucking there might be a reason. Like I check the sales 10 times a day and there was, there's a couple of times, you know, over the years where one of our employees accidentally took all the inventory, zeroed out all the inventory. So nobody could buy anything. And we're like, why aren't we getting any sales? Like what, this is weird. Like a couple hours go by and you know, it's like if I wasn't monitoring it, and it's a lot of it is just a constant monitor. Yeah. But it's first thing in the morning. I mean, it is first thing. So first I do check. I don't check Instagram. I don't check TikTok, but I check my sales. That's good. That's then I meditate. Um, and if something needs to be done, by the time I'm done meditating, I'll, I'll have like a, a, you know, an answer, kind of some kind of plan to deal with whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it is at the, the intermingling. It's just, I need a vacation. I want to go somewhere, but I don't, it's not like I don't trust my team. They're just not, they're almost ready. Like they're my, yeah. the dude that's been, he's been, I have a guy that's been mirroring me for like a couple of years now oh, with awesome. that, and he, he like basically runs the company on all, all of the back end shit that we need to make operational anything and not like throw a sale on, uh, send an email out, order product, you know, and I'm just like watching him do it and like all don't do that, do this or blah, blah, blah. And, um, but he, and he's almost ready. The only thing left is just like make, like being proactive on, Hitting, we just have to hit these numbers. We have to hit a certain revenue per day for everything to keep, yeah, flowing. And he's not—he's almost there. He's now—he's kind of getting it because now he's like texting me, "Do you think we should do this or this?" I'm like, "Okay, good. That's what." Yes, go ahead and do that. Start like thinking of creative uh, problems, solutions. Yeah, solutions. Yeah, But you—you are you like? Do you have a? team or you yeah, one? I have a small team I have a business partner who's part-time who runs the finances and operation side of it yeah uh, like taxes and stuff like that yeah. it's not my specialty nice. uh, and then I actually just hired my first full-time person um I was super picky like because I went through a lot of editors and like filmmakers who they were great technically but they didn't have the storytelling aspect down um, this person I just hired is a little bit newer to the technical side, but immediately gets the whole storytelling aspect and he can weave a story together. Uh, so I've been training him slowly. He's starting to take on projects like all on his own that we do, uh, like kind of the smaller business stuff, but slowly working them up to bigger and bigger projects uh, as we go along. And then other than that, we like to keep it like a very uh, small team, so low overhead. Uh, yes. and then hire like the best people per project so per project that, yeah i like, work, like build out a team of like five world-class people for like a week or two week long project <laughs> um, and sometimes we'll work with them like a few times a year some will work with a few times a month 
like I have a writer that I bring on most projects. Um, yes. That too, but I've noticed it's just better that way because the best people are like a hundred dollars to $150 an hour and hiring them full time would be like cost prohibitive at this point. That's so genius. Good job on that. That's how we ran our company for the many years. And last year we just fucking murdered. And so we were making so much money that it's like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, everybody. And then, yeah. so, and we really bloated, but we really bloated our team to where we had like two of these guys, three of those guys. And now, and I'm like, okay, we're going back to one of each. And it's still almost, I'm like tempted, but we anyways, to have, <clears throat> to cut it further, you know, to, and have them on just as like a, per project basis but it's weird when you're it's like when you when you hire someone it's i hate you hate firing someone you don't i oh, mean yeah. nobody, nobody likes firing someone and when when you give raises you can't take them back <laughs> yeah exactly. you know yeah <laughs> so it's like oh, i'm paying you way more than you need to be paid right now or uh <laughs> Oh man. Anyways, you guys know what you're talking about. If they're watching, I feel like a lot of the, um, the views on these videos are my own team and which is cool. I like that they watch because they can get a clue kind of what, and I tell them, I'm tell them we have meetings, you know, twice a week, every week, which before I started meditating and really like taking care of myself, we would go months without meetings because I was like such a mess. This is like not that long ago either. Like I like two, three years ago, I was just too um, like scattered or um, inconsistent. My energy would, I would just be a fucking mess with, cause I couldn't sleep. It was mainly because I was, I would everything. Yeah. So now I've uh, we got a sleep number bed a couple of years ago. That's not why I sleep better, but it tracks it, and I can see my score like slowly going up. And now I'm finally, for the past couple of months, I get like eight hours a night. Now it takes me like ten hours because I'm restless for like an hour and a half. Yeah, but that, but that went from like two three hours of restlessness and to like it's going down to like it's like an hour of restlessness and yeah it's fucking so these micro improvements we were were we talking about atomic habits yeah atomic habits yeah exactly yeah i I get that too with like the inconsistent energy thing Uh, especially like because i get the flow state like a few times a week which is great and i'm usually able to get all of my work done within that time but yep. the issue is when I'm not in the, it's like basically all or nothing with me. If I'm not in the flow state, uh, my energy levels are like dip, they're turned down. Uh, and it usually has to do with my sleep too. Like if it's a really good week, I'm getting a lot of sleep. Like I'm basically good to go the whole week. Yep. And it's a little bit more consistent. Uh, but I've noticed like when it's more consistent, I almost get into the flow state a little bit less. It feels like, I don't know how I would yeah. that but it just seems like that's something i've noticed well i mean for me like i haven't done an ice bath it's, it's related and you'll see why in a second but like well i haven't done an ice bath in a minute actually no i just confused myself but because i have been sleeping better but if you're taxed you know if you haven't been sleeping good and whatever like getting in an ice bath to me it can it can almost like hurt and it's like and it's like way more painful than it would be if you slept well and you're maybe did some Wim Hof shit you're pumped up and ready to go you know you get sick yeah I've heard yeah I've heard people getting sick from that like where they say if you if your immune system starts to like get lower then you should stop with like the cold therapy for a bit yeah that's what I've heard, but it's good for prevention when you are healthy. Right. It builds up the resistance to stress. That's the, and that's so key. Like you do an ice bath first thing in the morning or whatever, the rest of your day is a breeze. 
Yeah, exactly. And I stopped the whole like cold shower thing for like a month after I came back from Greenland. I'm like, I never want to think about cold water again. Uh, and I think that's why, like, that's why I was saying with the inconsistent energy levels, I really think that has a lot to do with it. Cause I just started again, like a week and a half ago every day. And I just feel so much better throughout the day, just from that little action. Tell me about what you do then. What was that? Tell me, what do you do exactly for your, that you just do, you know, so like a hot shower. Tip. Well, I, I just keep it cold the whole time whole time okay. now um, okay. it's like it doesn't get that cold it's probably 60 degrees maybe right. a little less uh so it's definitely not like ice cold but it still like wakes me up and i notice like the warm shower just like after that i get lethargic mm. I a little bit of energy um yeah it's a weird weird feeling with that now where i basically like have to take a cold shower if i want to start start my day off the right way oh i love that but like, run me through the morning then. Like, I know you don't just jump in the shower the first thing, or do you? Uh, I've started to. I try and drink like, um, like three cups of water, and then just start with that. Um, and then I'll work out at the end of the day now. So essentially, what I do is whenever I wake up, and it doesn't have to be super early. I usually try like six thirty-seven. Yeah. Sometimes it's as late as eight. Um, yep. First thing I'll do is drink a bunch of water. Then I'll jump in the cold shower. That's like my caffeine. That's my morning cup of coffee. Um, so no coffee then. No coffee. You, Sometimes you, Red Bull, but I'm trying to get I'm trying to get off Red Bull. Yeah, good, um, good, good, good. And then I'll immediately start with like my most important task of the day. So I try and like do a deep work session and something that's like not urgent because I've read in like a bunch of time management books that you should be focusing on the stuff that's going to like give you rewards five years from now. And a lot of people put that off. So that's what I work on first. So it's nice. like long-term work on the business. Um, right now we're just like working on redoing our whole website. Uh, so typically I'm either working on that or like just some long-term like business moves. So we're looking at doing some real estate development projects for like Airbnbs out of shipping containers. Mm. And um, so that's like my basically creative flow time first thing in the morning. And then I'll basically start my day after that with all the other stuff. Like emails or bills or like yeah. emails or you usually like emails and bills I do at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. I really like after that, I'm either editing, uh, meeting with my team, like giving them notes on edit or doing productions. Um, so that's like how I usually like to structure my day. I'm I like it more consistent with that too. Cause what I've noticed is sometimes I'll do like an 18 hour day where I'm feeling really great. And then the next day is like a five hour day or even shorter. Mm -hmm. Trying to make sure my days look more linear over time. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is kind of discipline and it's all like that all over time you know, will project you in, you know, to, to, to success or whatever that, um, just that we were talking about atomic habits and just making these little micro improvements over the course of your life can really steer your ship in the right direction. And instead of trying to be like, I'm going to change overnight, you know, you know, it's like that never works if it has ever worked yeah, for any yeah. of you. And I think that's like, that's something that a lot of like young entrepreneurs like aspire to is that overnight success. <laughs> and I know a lot of people who have talked about, oh, like I hit like 10, 15K profit their, for their first month, essentially. And they're out of business in three months because they're not thinking long term. They're optimizing for those like short term moves. And yeah. what happens? is if you're optimizing for short-term moves, you're usually creating value for your like stakeholders or whoever you're working with, your clients, your employees and stuff like that. So I've always been a fan of like slow organic growth, um, yes. which is usually what we've been doing. And because I've been at it for like five years now, it's really grown to a really, really great point. And it feels a lot more stable than if like, I hit this number my first month in business. 
Yeah. And, you know, and people want to take that money, you know, well, we made a million dollars, you know, and like, I don't, I barely see any of the money personally, like personally. I didn't mean I, I see enough of it, but um, I try not to, t- I take this little profit from the company as possible and keep the profit oh, yeah. in the yeah, in the company. People want to go b- okay. buy a fucking new car or something like I'm not, I mean, I have a nice car, but what's that? I said, yeah, I'm so cheap with like my personal life, like the business yes. I'll spend. I pay yes. so little out of the business right now just because I like putting it back in. And yeah, I think that's where people like get trapped is they, they bring up their personal overhead with fixed expenses. So they get like an expensive mortgage or rent payment and then an expensive car payment so and that's something that like if you have a bad month you can't just like say oh i'm not going to do this this month like you would a vacation or going out so yes. i'm all about like, spending on variable expenses which usually are experiences because yep. that way like you an amazing month and you make your like, profitable but like hey you take some of that money and spend it and it won't be the end of the world versus getting trapped in a long-term payment exactly exactly very smart. Like I said a couple of times, uh, you're making the right moves. You have the right mentality. You got the work ethic, and just I feel like you are set up for success. And you're doing it yourself, and and you're doing it right. So kudos to you, sir. Um, yeah. Um, thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to see the final product of the uh, iceberg swim underwater and yeah. all that. Yeah. And that, when when is all that going to be like dropping? I th- I know about, but tell everyone. Yeah, so that should be dropping like September fifteenth, okay, sometime yeah. in around that week. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're doing it for suicide prevention month specifically with the short film. Uh, and then we're also going to be dropping some teasers and promos with sheath around that time too. So more of the right. specific show underwear design and stuff like that. Yeah. Really good design. So I think it's a really good design. And just so you all know, a good portion of the profits are going to be going towards your company for just the production of everything. And then Movember we're, we're you know, we've agreed, but like there's a couple of details, but hopefully that'll run smooth, you know, Um, and we'll be hopefully breaking the stigma from like for men's mental health and just that people can express their feelings and not feel ashamed about it or whatever. We all go through the number one goal. Like we, we really just want to change change that stigma, bring the topic to the surface, and get more people talking about it. But, like, also, yeah, if you buy the underwear, it supports uh, men's mental health awareness research that Movember is doing. Uh, so 25% of the proceeds will go to that. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, also, like, you, people could help by just sharing it with people they think could benefit from hearing the message, I think. That's like really the end goal that I'm looking for is more people talking about the issue and the topic. Yeah, it's important. And, you know, with all the weirdness in the world, which is probably less weird than the news would make it out to believe, but there's some weirdos out there that are like losing their minds. And if we can kind of reel them in, be like, it's okay. I understand. Everything's going to be okay. And they'll be like, put the guns down. And let's all just get along and prosper. You know, we do have a great country, world, opportunity. There's all, like, we just need to, like, work together and build each other up instead of tearing each other down and shit like that, you know? So this is a move, or, like, you know, at least one step in that direction. And we're glad to be a part of it. Thank you for bringing the opportunity to us. We look very. I'm forward. Look, look forward to seeing the final product. I want to see like you sent me that the um, <clears throat> preliminary. What do you call that? Where you sent like the teaser? Yeah. Was well, that- now the thing you sent at the like in January probably where you did all of the oh the, the pitch video like explaining pitch video. 
Uh, yeah. 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 And that was like mind blowing a lot of the just preparation that you put into it. And so, and I know you, it's going to be fucking badass. So I'm super excited for that. Um, do you have anything else? You're Luke Adams on the socials. And what's your yeah, website? Luke Adams on Instagram. And then the website is a company named Story Real Studios. And our website is storyreal, R-E-A-L dot C-O. So we don't have a dot com. It's just dot C-O as in company. I like um, it. Yeah, that's, that's how you could find us. And what Thanks was so it, much. Luke Adams? Luke Adams on it. On, on Instagram? At Luke Adams PK on Instagram. PK. So PK as in parkour, because that's when I made my Instagram, was when I was big into that. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you guys like being a part of the project too. I think like, if I were to pick any brand, like I think you guys fit the, the mold perfectly of like what you believe in and your mindset. And it's rare to find that in a brand that like wants to do something outside of making a profit. So it's great to have you guys on board. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. And thank you all for watching. Hope you get something out of it. We'll see you next week with another one. Peace.